The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Today. It's time for the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield as Susan introduces the Service Tag Award winner at the annual Nebraska Rural Radio Association meeting. So we're excited for Susan and that opportunity. But talking the trade with us today on the Final Bell is P.J. Conrad with Trade Oz. And P.J., we really, as always, appreciate the time and the insight that you can give us into the markets. And we start here with the grains. And I want to talk about the positive news today. That is wheat ending well within the grain at the close. Here. As we look, it uh, looks like Chicago outpacing Kansas City wheat once again. What are some of the factors behind this upward momentum? You know, I think you look, uh, wheat's been on a pretty pretty good run here, at least in kind of a silver lining to what our grains have been for the last week or so. Um, you know, you look at like seasonality, that's, we like to look at that a lot from a corn bean standpoint as well as, well as wheat. Um, you know, typically your best time to be, say, looking at pricing. New crop wheat is more the summer months, um, about a year out from when you're actually going to be harvesting that crop. Uh, but you kind of look at your second opportunity. Say you didn't like those opportunities in July or, or you just thought it was going to go higher. So you missed some opportunities. Then you look at, say, Deece Jan Feb is the next spot where, seasonally speaking, we'll get a rally. So I think you're seeing some seasonal buying there, and hopefully that actually trickles over to the corn and soybean sector, but I'd say right now it's been a, a tough slide, but it's good to see something in the green, especially that wheat market that just seems like it struggles to uh, hold its own ground sometimes. We've had a, a heck of a year already in that, going from you know 520 on the Kansas City board all the way down now to 420, so it seems like everything wants to trade about a dollar-plus range this year, but if we get some that retracement back and get back in that, you know, call it 475 to $5 range, I think a guy's going to be pretty adamant about making some decisions there. You know, talking about Kansas City and Chicago wheat, we look at the spread action between the front month contracts, and that spread went up all the way to a dollar. It shrank down now to around that ninety cent range, but still, historically, when you look at the charts, this is a big spread from a spec side of the trade. Is that something to look at, possibly trying to get that to narrow up once again, or is this the new channel that we've opened up? You know, I kind of wonder if it's not a little bit more of the new channel, not that we're not going to bring it closer together again, um, but we've been fighting the same spread or wider here in the last two, three months, and typically you'll see that tighten up more now. So I guess that's kind of the argument, right, is maybe maybe this is as tight as it gets for a while. You know, so that's the, the traders are going to figure that out, but I do think from a, a spec move, I mean, when you look at history, you kind of say, yeah, it makes sense to do that. But you look at what's happened in the last, say, 60 days, and you kind of, it's about like buying corn right now. It doesn't make a whole, you know, you feel like the right thing to do maybe if you look at a chart and, and where we've been. But we've been beat down pretty hard here for the last 60 days, too. Looking over in the soybean trade, and, and I go right to that front month November as it's going off. It's pretty light volume anyway, but it closes on the low today. What does that signal to the rest of this market when we see that type of downward action? You know, it's never good when you close on the lows of the day, and the same thing with uh you know, with the January board closed down its lows too, um, breaking the 100-day moving average, that was at 9.12, and closed below that today at 9.10. I guess one silver lining would be, uh, <clears throat> I think we might have tweeted that out, is you can't have a turnaround Tuesday unless you go down on Monday. So maybe we'll get a little uh, uh, jump in the markets tomorrow, you hope anyways, and get back above the 100-day moving average on beans and provide support the rest of the week. Uh, I hate to even talk about China, but it does seem like, that's been the driving factor, and it seemed like grains would rather sell any kind of news or sell anything China-related, while the stock market would rather hop in and be uh, 
get a little bullish on any China news or at least be positive. So, it, you know, really you go back the last two weeks or week really, we opened last week at 9.32. We're now, now we're down around 9.10. So it's been tough sledding. Uh, we're going through the D-March roll on corn. wonder if you're getting some selling in that. And just overall, it seems like weakness trickles over and weakness in the, the commodity roll pretty heavy. Looking at those charts, what are some levels we get to to where we can maybe get the momentum back to the bull side here, if nothing else, through value buying on the bottom side? You know, I thought we were probably there. I'd say really now it feels like we are, especially on the corn side. Beans, maybe you'd argue we'd go a little bit lower or, or have the, the opportunity to go lower, um, albeit not a good opportunity or not one people want to see, but it definitely seems like beans downside may be larger than what corn is today. You know, corn sitting at 367 on the D's. You know, it's, it's always kind of interesting every year. We spend a lot of time in the last month at, say, 380 to 395 on the D's board. Here we are going through the D's March roll. And what's that March board at? It's at 380, 377. So it seems like all that kind of comes back into alignment, that by the time we roll, we're trading the same futures price we were against the D's a month ago. <clears throat> so unless there's something really fun in the middle that pushes this thing higher, it's going to struggle here until we get probably another week or two down the road. And let's talk about those fundamentals. We've got the, a forecast that, depending on whether you want to look at the Euro model or the GFS model, coming in here to the end of November, key states, especially northern states, Minnesota, Wisconsin, that are significantly behind in their corn harvest and their soybean harvest, are they going to have the weather capable enough to get this crop in? You know, you never know what the weather is going to do, but I do think it's interesting to note. I think last week we were, what, 66% harvested on corn, and, and typically this time of year we're 83%, I want to say. So we'll see what the numbers come out this afternoon and give us, but I guess you kind of hoped last week on those low of harvested numbers we'd get a little pop in the market. So it seems like trade's throwing all that out the window and saying we'll figure out yield or any issues we have, we'll figure that out um, in a couple months or you know, hopefully January or the winter months. But basis has remained strong. I mean, so we do got that going for us where you know, if we can kind of hit something lucky here where we do get a rally in the market and basis stays firm, I think you can still achieve some pretty attractive corn cash prices. Uh, but the futures market does not appear to be the one wanting to do the work today. Now, so we'll see. Uh, this time of year is always going to bring a little bit of volatility to us. We, once we get through this roll, you might get a fresh set of uh, buying to kind of step in and, and push this thing back, at least back to where we were two, three weeks ago. And that again, PJ Conrad with Trados here today. We're talking a mixed overall close here on our grain market. So we were higher in the Chicago and Kansas City wheat markets, lower, especially with soybeans. They led the way to the downside January, almost 10 cents lower. Corn, though, about two to three and a half lower as well across its trading range. So an interesting day of the trade. Coming back in our next segment here on the Fontenelle Final Bell, we're going to look at what this could mean for acres in 2020, as well as what producers might be wanting to think about in their marketing strategy. We'll touch on livestock. It's the Fontenelle Final bell on the rural. You. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Clay Patton again in for Susan Littlefield. Trade us and PJ Conrad talking the trade with us today. Focusing heavily on the grains in our first round. Again, wheat in the green, corn and soybeans in the red. And I guess, PJ, all of this, it kind of makes me look out to 2020 because obviously, uh, at the end of the day, a farmer is an economist and he, he's looking at his balance sheet wondering, where do I try to steer my ship into 2020? And, and that, with these current prices we're seeing, what do you kind of think this could dictate in terms of acreage choices coming into 2020 growing season? You know, I'd say where things sit now, there's probably not many guys that uh, want to plant beans unless they absolutely have to. And, and that's kind of been the, the sediment just from guys I've talked to anyways. That's a, 
can go corn on corn. They're going to. Maybe that's a year a guy should plant a couple beans just to keep themselves exposed to what could happen in the bean market. Uh, more long range from planting, but I do think, you know, do I think you go make a sale at 393? I mean, you know, everyone's economics are a little bit different. Um, it'd be nice to see that maybe closer to four bucks in the last, call, give or take five years, our, our kind of a spring marketing opportunity average has been mid three, mid to upper 390s. So really, if 393s are worse sale, I mean, that's not, uh, anything to scuff about either. Um, I, you know, you kind of look at some history and say if we drag our feet till the first week of December, that usually gives us a better opportunity. You get post this this first initial D-March roll, and it seems like just everything kind of rebounds after that. Um, I think if you get something close to a four-handle on it, maybe you hold out for that. It's just been a tough last few days, so to want to go make a sale today is always tough to do. And you, time's on your side right now, too, to not have to make that sale. Um, but I do think you want to get something done before the first of the year. So if we do have you know, a spring like next year where we tank the markets through the first half of the year and, and really get to the middle of May before we rally, you're not sitting there holding the bag thinking, man, I wish I would have done something at 393 because now we're at 363. And so you've you got to put yourself in the what-if scenario that if we do pull back in, in 370 most of the spring for some unforeseen reason, how is that going to make you feel? And if it's going to stress you out, then you better do something today to either protect yourself or make a sale here. Um, flip over to the beans. I think it was maybe more attractive a month ago, and it's easy to say now when we were at 970 on new crop beans. Um, that being said, 947, I believe, is where the D's 20 or the uh, Nov 20s at. We'd be pretty happy to have that. I think the biggest, you know, we kind of rallied back towards that 940 type range on the Nov 19 before it clicked off and and went down lower. So. Is it a level maybe you'll never see again? I don't know. Well, it depends. Depends if we get a phase one deal sign, if China actually buys our beans. Yeah, you got to, again, if you think you're going to plant some beans, kind of weigh your odds and say, are 950 beans really going to be the end of the world from a future standpoint? <clears throat> Especially with carries where they've been the last few years, and if you can bend them, you could probably make those uh, um, closer to, say, $10, $10 type beans against July of 21. So there's opportunities out there. It's just. Does a guy want to get whole hog in right now? I think you want to stair-step your way into it and uh, leave yourself exposed to some upside, but also put yourself in position to not watch it go to 870 as well. And talking about from that protection standpoint, we really haven't had a ton of volatility into the market. Implied volatility really kind of setting fairly low across a lot of our grains. Is it a time for a producer to say, I don't want to fully participate in the market, but I want to have something, maybe we should look at some options? Yeah, you know, I kind of like using some short data puts here. You know, if you want to do something along those lines and say, hey, let's at least put a floor on this market through the, you know, uh, kind of pick your date and say, when do you want to be 20% sold? Yeah, I'd, I'd argue maybe try to kick that out to the spring sometime um, and see if we get a little acre battle going, see if we get something done with China, maybe yield changes in January. Um, obviously, some of those bean options especially can get pretty pricey. Uh, you can go sell a call above it depending on, you know, what your comfortability is of being short calls and your understanding of it, but... You know, I think that is a good play to have at least a floor on it and say, hey, I'm going to give myself an open window for the next 90 to 120 days and then get out of it and, and make a sale. The biggest thing if you're going to do that is actually physically making the sale, even if you're unhappy, the market didn't rally 40 cents like you wanted it to. And that's, that can be the hard part is that, you know, it chops sideways, that option expires pretty much worthless, and you're at the same spot and you spent, you know, 20, 30 cents on it. Well, you still got to do something, or you, can, you could watch it go 20 or 30 cents lower futures-wise from there and then really be double hit on any kind of sale you take. 
Let's switch gears briefly. Let's talk livestock where we haven't got to that yet. And we look, live cattle, feeder cattle, both in the green. Lean hogs, though, taking some triple-digit losses. Does this kind of tie back into that soybeans? Maybe it's a dead horse that's been beat, but it's all relating to Chinese news. It is. I think the whole grain markets in general feel like they're as tied to anything comes out Chinese. You know, a month ago, everything was rosy, and we thought maybe we were going to get something done sooner rather than later. And what do you know? We just keep kicking the can down the road. So I would agree. I mean, cattle, I think you look at that, though, and say pet, and we're still at the upper end of where we've been the last couple of weeks. Go ahead and, and, and look and say, what do you got finishing out in, say, April, February time frame, and try to make a sale on those fats or at least protect your equity out there. And, and you know, two cents isn't going to make or break your year. Again, we're talking with P.J. Conrad of Trade Austin. P.J., for producers that have listened to our conversation today, they want to continue the conversation and how Trade Austin can help them in their marketing plan. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, they can call us at 402-858-7501 or find us on any social media at gotradeoff.com. Again, that is P.J. Conrad of Tradeoff. You're listening to the Fondale Final Belt. Thank you to Fondale Hybrids and all their dealers for their support on the World Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.